Hey John, did you know the poems on the cards they play with are from a collection dating back to the 13th century? Not today. Welcome to Majide, a Westerner's view of Japanese media and culture. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And today our topic is the first live-action to hire for a movie, Kaminoku, or I've seen a first verse as the translation, which is what what that translates to. Um, but before we get to that, what have have you done any? Let's just not even J culture catch up. Let's do regular catch up. It's been a bit. It's a whole new year. And yeah, we're recording. Probably this is our first. This is the first recording in the year 2018 for us. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, I am about to do. I, I am four episodes away from my 100th episode of Ooh. Popcorn Junkie. Cool. Um. Aside from that, it's mainly just been you know steady working my day job, and uh, I've been playing Pokemon. I'm. I'm done with Ultra Moon. I, yeah, I said I'd finished Ultra Moon, and I did the uh, post game. I haven't done the Battle Tree yet. I've mainly been focusing on filling the uh, Alolan Pokedex, mm-hmm. the expanded one. Uh, so I've been doing that, and then uh, I don't know if you've seen it. A friend of mine who uh, from college posted it. I dubbed it the Weeaboo Anthem. It is a song by Malaysian singer Namewe uh, called Tokyo Bon Twenty Twenty. I have not seen and, this. Uh, I can post the link in uh, the Discord chat for you, but uh, basically, it, it uh, namely, uh, this is my introduction to him because this is what's been making the rounds. Uh, do I still have the no? Now, no. I then went to the linger. Uh, the, we're doing recording this the same day. Um, Dolores, uh, the lead. I forget her last name. The lead singer of. Uh, the cranberries died, so I had my introduction to uh the cranberries was an AMV of Linger set to Urusei Yatsura uh-huh. footage. So that's so I had that video pulled up. Uh, here's the one in question. I, uh, basically, uh, it's him as a tourist in Japan, uh, going around like uh, uh. Uh, sorry, I sumimasen, I foreign, I don't speak Japanese, but I love ramen tempura. When you, when you say, uh, uh when you say such and such, I say, uh, uh, Japanese company names, so like Canon Toshiba. Uh, it's, 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 it's mainly just an entire, uh, mostly a song of either Japanese, like, company names. Uh-huh. With the chorus being borrowed, na- borrowed words like uh, um it's McDonald's, uh, Kit Kat, Starbucks, <laughs> Starbucks, <laughs> and it's all set to this sing-songy little pop pop beat. It is, huh. uh, and it fe- and it features uh, Mayu Ninomiya. I don't know her too much. I haven't found out a lot about her. Maybe I think she's an Instagram model. Uh, M E U 
and Ninomiya. N i n o m i y a. But it's it's a it's a bizarre song, and then the bridge is literally just uh, them going over more borrowed ling- borrowed words like volleyball and uh, 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 what is it? Um, uh, konbini and uh, yeah, all kinds. It's 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 such a bizarre song but it's stuck in my head as soon as i saw as soon as i watched it and i can't i'm making it my new ringtone now because i am crazy like that and this song has taken over my life uh-huh so how have you so how's your new year been it's been okay i got a bunch of modeling stuff to continue pushing my gundam building stuff to new uh complexities i guess so I have a spray booth and an airbrush and stuff to paint my guys and do stuff besides just snapping them together. Um, I played some of that Super Mario Odyssey, and that was good. Mm-hmm. What else have I done? I had something else that I was just thinking about, but I can't remember what it is, so it must not be important. Must have been a lie. Probably. I don't know where I heard that, but uh, th- there's a phrase that came up at some point uh, where if you thought were thinking of something and forgot what it was... Uh, the phrase of someone usually uh someone had commented on uh must have been a lie you know I, I forget where it came from though yeah i got uh i got rainbow six siege uh like around christmas last year and that's been basically the only thing in my life for uh since i got it it's the only thing i want to do or watch things about it's a good fucking game mm-hmm I also should uh, comment that this weekend I finally beat Cuphead. It took. Nice. Uh, I was up to. Ke- I uh, it's on my. St- I did it on my stream. I think only two people saw it, but I'm hope I'm gonna work on editing this year and start starting up the YouTube channel for uh, Popcorn Junkie plays with himself. Uh, so that should be coming out hopefully like March. Maybe I'm looking at because I've got I've got uh, hours and hours of footage to edit down. For both for both for like regular gameplay and then the Pokemon stuff I want to do, so mm-hmm. I've got plenty of time and so I got plenty of stuff to work through. But I finally beat Cuphead. It felt good to finally get that out of the way because it was, <laughs> damn, is that game hard? But um, I'm gonna start. Uh, by the time you're uh, you're hearing this, audience, I will have started playing Doki Doki Literature Club in place of that. Okay. So that's going to be my my next game to work through. Shouldn't take as long as Cuphead, but it's going to be fun because I've maintained some level of spoiler-free territory. So cool. I'm going to go in and get some of the good... You're going to get some good reactions from me with that. Cool stuff. Anyways, ready to get into the program? Yeah, I'm interested to hear what this all was about because it, uh, it was definitely interesting. Okay, what let's, we watched. Let's get into it. So, Yuki Suetsugu was born on September 8th, 1975, and as has been the theme the last few times, this is really as much about her as we know. Uh, she debuted in the magazine Nakayoshi with the manga Taiyo no Romance in 1992, uh, but in October of 2005, she was accused of plagiarism and many of the allegations against her were confirmed by her publisher, and she also admitted to them. 
Um, in response to this, her publisher stopped publication of all of her works. Um, but after two years, in March of 2007, she returned to work making comics. In December of that year, on the 28th, Chihiro Furu debuted in Beloved magazine. Chihiro Furu, as we saw, follows the story of Chihaya Ayase as she re- reunites with some childhood friends in high school, and she strives to become the best card player in the world. In 2011, Madhouse picked up Chihaya Furu for a 25-episode series, and then another 25-episode series in 2013. And we are still waiting on Season 3. On March 19th of 2016, Chihaya Furu Kami no Ku, the movie that we watched for this episode, opened theaters and grossed 179 million yen, or $1.79 million. The sequel, Shimo no Ku, came out on April 29th of the same year, and at the premiere for that, a third film, Musubi, was announced for release in 2018. And that will be a complete trilogy at that point. So that's all about Chihayafuru, but let's talk about the sport a little bit. So the word carta comes from the Portuguese word carta, due to Portuguese introducing playing cards to Japan uh, in the mid-16th century or so through all the trading that they did at that point. There are two types of carta mainly, those descended from Portuguese cards, and what's called eawase which is descended from games played with shells that were called kai-oase, kai meaning shell. Uh, the karta in Chihayafru is of the latter type, from games that were played with shells. There are also karta such as Hanafuda that were descended from mixed lineage of the Portuguese cards and Chinese domino type card game things that came in a few centuries later. Um, but the carta we're going to be talking about today is called Utagarta. Uh, the card is played by finding a card in front of you that contains the last two lines of a poem that correspond to the first three lines of a poem that a reader will read aloud. Okay, that's what that was. Yeah. You want to take that line again since it was uh, the game, not the card? Yeah, so a reader will read the first three lines of a poem off of a card. The cards in front of players will have the last two lines of a poem, so players have to listen to the reader and from those first three lines as quickly as they can find the back half of the poem. Okay, so you have to find the last two lines from what the reader's reading as quickly as possible. So the poems for this game are taken from the Ogura Hyakuninishu, a poetry collection of 100 poems from 100 poets uh, that were from a pretty big range of like the Heian period to Kamakura, I want to say. Um, and it was Fujiwara no Teika that collected these poems together into the Ogura Hayakunin Ishu in the 13th century. And to tie it back into a couple episodes again, this is a game that's traditionally played on New Year's albeit not as intense as in Chihayafuru. I, would, I was about to say, I doubt it's like throwing the cards so that they stick into the walls and the doors and the surrounding uh, decorations. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But competitive cards has been around since about the start of the 19th century. 
But it wasn't until the early 1900s that a Tokyo Kart Association was formed. And at that point, there were a bunch of different regional rule sets. And the Tokyo Kart Association combined all of these into one unified rule set. Uh, a national association was formed in 1957, and they have held men's and women's kart tournaments ever since. And in September 2012, the first international tournament was held, and players from the U.S., China, South Korea, New Zealand, and Thailand played in it. And a lot of people consider Chayafuru to be a big source of why international people are interested in this very, very Japanese game that you really kind of need a lot of Japanese in you to be able to do beyond like a New Year's kids game level. Exactly. If you're going to be doing that, like this isn't like a, a chess or a go where it requires, you know, basic understanding of the game to play and anybody from anywhere can pick it up regardless of language. This is, it's a, it's like if chess was based on you understanding 13th century Middle English poetry. Yeah. But let's break down the rules of competitive cart a little bit. So it's 100 poems from 100 poets, so there are 100 cards in a deck, and then each player will randomly select 25 cards, meaning that half the deck is in play during a given round, and then half is somewhere else. Uh, players arrange the cards in three rows in front of them, any way they want, uh, within certain guidelines, and they're given 15 minutes to memorize theirs and their opponent's layouts. The match begins with the reader reading a poem that is not part of the 100, so that people can like get ready and get used to the reader's voice and all that stuff. And then the match really begins when the reader reads the first of the 100 cards. The players have to quickly recognize which of their second verse cards, if any, the poem being read corresponds to, usually within the first couple syllables. As we see from Chai in particular, some people can get it as the first syllable is being read, if not right before it. The first player to touch the correct card takes the card and removes it from play. And when you take a card from the opponent's side, you give them one of your cards. Touching a card near your target card, there's no penalty. So you'll see, like, in the movie, people will hit, like, three or four cards. But if you touch the entirely wrong card, like, not even near the target card, then your opponent can give you a card. If you touch a card when one of the, when the card being read is not one of the 50 in play, your opponent will give you a card. And the first player to clear all of the cards from their side wins. Um, and this is it's a very fast game. Uh, you would think that Chihayafru would be exaggerating the speed, but it's really not. If anything, it is faster in real life. Uh, it's a very fast game. I think the only thing it really exaggerated was the motions, where it's almost like anime levels of like, like, not, uh, no, like not really. Almost, <laughs> really, they no. they throw the cards across the <laughs> across yeah. the room and what? Yeah, damn. Cause okay, because you, you have to I, you have to get it within like not e like half a second, maybe even less. So you have to not even aim; you just go for it. Okay, damn. You can. Well, I find, guess that wasn't too exaggerated. You can find lots of archives of. Uh, the stuff on YouTube. I haven't watched last year's tournament, but I watched 2016's and they're, they're real fast. 
one of the few times where like a fictional interpretation of the of the game is less exaggerated than the actual game itself. Yeah, and if anything, this is of the the manga, the anime, and this this shows the sport more as a accurate representation of the sport. Especially this movie focuses on showing the sport. But you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. Greetings, Internet. I'm John Bailey, and if you like movies, you'll probably like the Popcorn Junkie Podcast. Every week, I review the movies that come out in theaters, talk a little bit about what I've been watching on streaming, and give discussions on Hollywood and filmmaking in general. So if you want to join in the discussion, you can find me on GumbyCatNetworks.com popcorn junkie, or just search Popcorn Junkie and find my orange mug staring at the movies, chomping on some popcorn, along with the Gumby Cat logo at the bottom for all the up-to-date podcasts and your podcast provider. And we're back. So before we get to our listener questions, first I have the usual question for you. What do you think of this? I was... It was interesting. Like, I would have never thought... Uh, a little game, a little movie about, uh, well, not a little movie. It's about two hours long. So it's a full, like, we're talking full feature length yeah. movie here. But I didn't think anything, you know, something like as obscure as this Japanese card game uh, would be, uh, you know, would be that compelling. But, you know, once again, this, this, uh, right, you know, the writers have shown that, you know, anything could be compelling if you give it the right character dynamics and the right, and you have the right people working behind it, and you're telling an interesting story. And here, it's less about the card game itself. The card game is more of a means for these characters to interact. And yeah. it's about these characters becoming, you know, starting to develop a bond. And like, it's any, think of any underdog sports movie, Little Giants, uh, The Mighty Ducks, um... I'm trying to think, uh, Sandlot, was the Sandlot, no, the Sandlot didn't have a, Bad News Bears was a better example, where it's a team going up against a bigger, badder team. I think the Sandlot was more like a slice of life thing I about the a, friends. It's a team going up against a big dog. <laughs> True. Uh, so yeah, it, think of stuff like that. That's what this movie is, only the sport is Karuta. Yeah. And... And I, and I think that's what makes it work, is the fact that we're not, this isn't like, uh, and that's the thing. I guess that's the thing. I never got into sports anime because I know that there's a big, uh, as a big genre because you've got stuff go- ranging all the way from wrestling and more action oriented sports to just mundane stuff like golf and tennis. But people are like, people, anything can be interesting if you give it the right, if you have the right story to tell. Yeah. And that's really how the best, not even sports anime, but sports movies are too, where it's not, unless it's like a biopic or it's, something specialized which even those generally aren't very good the the best stuff is where the sport is a vehicle for the story and the character work uh like this and haikyuu which is a volleyball anime it focuses on the characters and their interactions so when they're they're doing something and they're struggling and working to get to their goal through the sport you're not Hell yeah, the sport's great. You're cheering for the people no matter what they're doing. 
that's that's what I like in a sports sports thing. Like uh, I watched Ace of Diamond, or I watched thirty episodes of Ace of Diamond, which is a baseball anime, and it's just really hard on the baseball, and the characters are just kind of not really there. They're they're caricatures more than anything else, and it's just super fucking boring because. If I wanted to watch people playing baseball, I could watch and do watch people playing baseball. Like, I don't need an anime for just that. You don't need to see uh, animated representations of guys playing baseball. You can just watch guys playing baseball. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, the, the real the real baseball is probably more interesting it is. than I mean, that anime. I mean, base, <laughs> there's baseball especially is about, is about the stories that are in there. Like, even if they're just little micro-stories about that game or a player's journey from, like, on the Giants, they had Ryan Vogelsong, who went from, like, he was in the Japanese leagues, and he was, he's old, and then he gets the Giants, and he's a three-time World Series winner. Like, big, that's a, that's a big baseball story. And that's not something you get from these shows that just go hard into the sport. I don't know. That's just that's just my taste, though. Yeah, it's that. That's the kind of thing where you forget that it's not the sub. This it's not the thing. It, the thing. It's not you know whatever the thing is, whatever the uh, activity that your characters are doing is. That shouldn't be more important than the people doing them. Like yeah. people don't care about the thing. People care about the other characters. Yeah, and that's something I think Jahiafru does very, very well in this, and especially in the anime and in the manga, I assume, which I have not read a whole lot of. Uh, but the anime is extremely good at making you care about these characters very, very strongly. And this this is no slouch either. This did a very good job. It, had, it of course, had to cut quite a few things and compress it and speed things up because it, it's two hours instead of, what is that? About six hours for 25 episodes. Yeah. But it did a fantastic job. And oh, I, yeah. I also watched the second movie, just because I, I needed to. And it does an even better job. This first movie, it's pretty standalone, right? Yeah. I mean, you could end it right where it does and not worry about what happens next. Yeah. So like, it doesn't... It doesn't have that thing where you need to see the second movie now that you've seen this. It doesn't lead you into anything. It's one single standalone story of this underdog uh, card playing group from a high school going to nationals. Yeah. I mean, they do hint at the, that they, they don't play in nationals. It's more of a qualifying round that they play in. Yeah, they play in the qualifier. So they hint at nationals, but like you don't need to see the movie where they go to nationals. What, yeah. they, what we get here is great. Although you should, because it's a very good movie, and it what it does that's really, really great is it straight up assumes that you saw the first movie a month ago or it never came out. It doesn't recap anything. It just goes, and I think that makes it very strong as an adaptation for what it is, because it doesn't have to waste time with stuff you've already seen. Yeah, it's not like it came out three years later and they had to be like, okay, uh, you, he, in case you forgot, here are these characters. Yeah. So they don't spend the first, like, 20 or so minutes recapping what happened last time. Which leads in to our first listener question from Cal Orbison. Hey guys, I'm curious. Since both of you come to this movie with different prior experiences with the characters, how would you find the character introductions and character building in this first film? I thought using Desk and Kana as audience surrogates was pretty well done in my view, letting you get acclimated to the magic of the sport 
at almost the same pace as they do. However, it did feel a bit odd having characters like Taichi, Chihaya, and Arata not be explored as much. They do get much more time in the second movie, but I'm curious how y'all found it in the context of movie one on its own. Thanks, Cal. I did find that interesting because they they there is a lot of flashbacks to, or there are a lot of flashbacks to um, the main characters, Taichi, Chihaya, and their friend Arata, uh, who, who they call on the phone all the time. Apparently, he moved away, mm-hmm. I think. So he and he's from Fukui Prefecture. And as an aside, one little bit that I like is that they remembered to keep the very distinct Fukui uh, way of speaking. They remembered to have him speak like that. Um, but he's from Fukui, and he moved up to Tokyo because his family was having financial issues. Um, I'm not exactly sure how those two things are connected, but that's the reason given. Um, but then after the year he spent with Chihaya and Taichi, his grandpa got sick. His grandpa, who's a big deal in the Karuta world, got sick. So they moved back home to take care of him after that year. And that's his story there. Okay, that's what confused me, because I saw those scenes. And I, for some reason, I kept confusing Arata and Desk. Mm-hmm. I think it was the glasses, because it's like, oh, hey, here are these two characters with like almost the same glasses. So those must be the same guy. No, but the, okay, that, that explained a lot more. But... Yeah, it, that, that that story was definitely heartbreaking, especially towards the end when mm-hmm. you come to realize uh, this character dynamic that had been building up, that they had been hinting at uh, the whole time. And then you finally realize uh, just how things have changed, you know, how much things have changed for these characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought uh, Chihaya was interesting because there's a lot of scenes of... Uh, I, I guess this is just a standard trope in a lot of uh, anime and manga where it's just like the you know, where it's, she's like chasing down all these people, and so she's like the weird girl, I guess. Well, yeah, and so she, people all are, she like, thinks about is Karta. That's that is her world, basically, and they they go into that more in the second movie. But yeah, so she she was definitely interesting. Um, I thought Desk was inter- was another interesting character because here's this like eh whatever I, it's just a thing I don't care and then as the movie progresses he you see him get so involved that he gets all emotionally frustrated well emotional and frustrated when things aren't working out but he loves he has come to love this group yeah and they and they ha- and even when he's frustrated the group is there to be like no you you can't quit on us we are friends. We love you, and we want you to be here with us. And, and that's really, you know, that's so sweet and touching. Like, the scene especially uh, during the qualifiers, I think they were facing their rivals, the rival team. Hoko? And, yeah, I think so. And, and the red shirts. Yeah. Uh, but it's either bef- it's either during the, be- it's either while the uh, reader is reading the initial poem or, like, in between rounds or something, but Chihaya flicks a card over to a desk and it hits him in the face. And it's a particular poem that they covered like during the tr- their training. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it was like, it, what was it? Uh, I don't remember. I exactly. what the actual, it was something the, about the being lonely. lonely. And, it was the one about the monk in the cherry tree. Exactly. And so there's this, po- you know, here's this poem about loneliness, but it ends 
with the three of that, you know, with, with it about building bonds with, with the people around you. And, you know, here she is in between rounds being like, desk isn't doing so hot. So flick, just remember, you know, lonely, you know, the thing about the loneliness, but, uh, and that, but remember the end of the poem and it's a nice touching moment between friends. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I also really liked about it. They tried to, at least for one or two of the poems, tie that aspect of the game into the narrative too. I feel like that adds a lot of, for lack of a better descriptive word, more character to the film. Um, but I, I agree that Desk and Kana being audience surrogates was very well done, since they are basically at the beginning of the movie as clueless about Carta as the average viewer is going to be. Although Kana is somewhat familiar. I know... Um, She's familiar with the poetry. Yeah, she's not, but yeah, she her she's new to like the actual game itself. Yeah, uh, you know who I you know what I kind of liked, and I I wonder how they'll utilize him in the next movie is uh, uh what's the guy Meat Bun Nikuman, yeah, yeah Nikuman, because like he he's kind of like the, it, he starts off as that goofy best friend character, but you get to see you know you, I'm interested to see how they'll develop him more. As things build, as these character, you know, as this character, these character dynamics build up to the next, uh, quali- you know, to their national run and whatnot. Yeah, I, th- I think they do a pretty good job with him. Um, like I said, they have to they have to trim some because of it being because of the runtime. And the second movie is only uh, about one forty runtime instead of two full hours. But I think they do pretty well. If you want more of the the anime and the manga are obviously the ways to go for that, though. Um, what other thoughts do you have about this movie, if any? Um, question for the sequel. Okay. Does that does that douchebag rival character come back from Hokuo? Sato? The yeah, he, com- that, he comes back a little bit. Okay, because I'm, I'm curious, like, I'm wondering if they're introduced a new rival who's going to be just as big of a douchebag, or if not a bigger douchebag. There is a new, there but- is a new rival, and she is... Maybe the best actress in all of this. She fucking owns her character and becomes her, and it's amazing. She's so good. Like she made that I mean, movie. We're definitely gonna have to revisit this def- uh, at some point. Maybe like in a month or so. Yeah, maybe. I mean, or you could, you could just watch it too. But I know, but I would yeah. love to talk about it yeah. again as a follow up. Yeah, follow up episode. Yeah, I mean that's that's always what the the J culture catch ups for too. <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, not not that I wouldn't watch it without the show, but no, yeah, I meant yeah. more like I love this idea of like, oh, let's we should we need more we need to talk more. I love this sort yeah. of thing. Um, but I don't know that I have anything else to say besides this is I was very very surprised how good this adaptation was, um, and then the second one especially was these are I think legitimately good movies. They're not like gonna blow you away good with their for... technique or anything. Although, and they're not like good for anime adaptation movies. No, they're like, good. Oh, movies. this is good for an adaptation of this thing, which is better. No, these are genuinely good movies. Just all out, all around movies. Like you could easily showcase. Like if if it wasn't for like lack of uh, notoriety, like lack of visibility uh, for for a lot of people, like you could easily show this as like a with either a subtitles or with a dub track to people, and they would. They could easily get behind it. I think they would have a blast with it. Yeah. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? 
Must have been and, a lie. Um, and the thing that I really liked in this movie in particular, I didn't notice too much in the second one, actually, is the camera that was below the tatami mat looking up at their faces and at the faces of the card. I thought that was really cool. The under-the-floor cam. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I have anything. Uh, if you are interested in the Chihayafuru anime, I have a podcast of the first season of that up on my channel, GameKiwi.net. And it's an episode-by-episode watch-along podcast thing. And you can find that by searching for Anime Kiwi. Um, the anime is very good. It's very pretty. Um, is I, it like on Crunchyroll or Funimation or something? That is a good question. Let us find these I things think it's out. Chaifu Streaming. Crunchyroll. High Dive requires streaming rights to Chaifu English Dub, which... Yep. Sure. I, I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, uh, you have two avenues for it. Uh, Chiharafuru 25, so two. Uh, is this also... Yep, so one seasons one and two are both available through Crunchyroll. Okay, and then High Dive has the English dub. Oh, so you got two options. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch the anime, that's... I th- I recommend doing that. I rec- Watch the anime and this. Whatever, they're both good. They're different. Different takes on it. Um, but the anime is obviously more slowly paced. Right. Um, but yeah, do that and then go over to my YouTube and listen to that podcast. Um, that's all I got. I can't think of anything else. Uh, fun fact, lightning round. Fun fact, lightning round. The film was shot at Omijingu in Shiga Prefecture, the place where the National Card Tournament occurs every year. The theme song for the first two films is Flash by Perfume. Suetsuku started Shihayafuru on the suggestion from her editor to write a series about Karuta. And then that'll do it for fun facts. There's there's not a lot of fun facts for these even slightly more obscure things. The show, I mean, like, the show's popular, but at least over here. It's, not, it's popular over there, no, too. But Yeah, it's not like there's a whole lot of, like, deep diving fun facts. And it's not like it's long going either. Like, there's, it's easier to get fun facts about big, long running series. Whereas I mean, it's been going since short, 2007. That's ten over ten years now. True, but there's only you know, like we're talk, dealing with like one movie, uh, well, two movies, a third one on the way, two seasons of an anime, and then the manga volumes. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, the stuff we like, some of the stuff we've covered has been going back. Like <laughs> Nintendo went all the way back to the eighteen eighteen hundreds. So, I mean, it some 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 weeks are going to have more fun facts than others. Yeah, it just happens. It's just what's available out there for us to know. Anyway, tell us about next week's topic. Next week, we will be covering, uh, for those of, those of you who listened to our Erased podcast, where we covered the anime of Erased, Netflix, last month, I believe, released the Erased uh, series for their original pro- line of programming, which, God, I, I was going through, a, I watched Paddington on, a, on a Netflix, and I saw that they did an original a series of the worst witch and uh-huh. like there's all kind like I'm no wonder uh Netflix is in the is in the red because they keep paying for series they can't afford like slow your roll guys it's fine uh but I'm pulling up the Netflix series right now oh god devil man cry baby there's one we don't need to go into 
I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Devilman Crybaby is um, great. Now what you're talking about. Okay, maybe I'm just hearing from the wrong things. Uh, I'm not sure if this is uh, a, them buying the uh, Japanese original. I think no, that's what it is. It's, it's Netflix Japanese. produced. Oh, damn. Yeah, then then they set it uh, in Japan, and they've got Yuki Furukawa, Furukawa Mio Yuki, Jin, Shira, Jin Shirashu, Jin Shirasu, uh, so I mean, like we're dealing full Japanese cast, probably full, fr- probably in Japanese. Yeah, it is. Uh, there but is this a is all available. Uh, this is all available. Uh, it's a 13? 12. 12 episode uh, series on Netflix. Everybody is at, available for everybody. So if you want to join along with us, that'll be what we're wa- that'll be what we're watching, and that's what we'll be discussing, and we'll be comparing it to the anime. Yeah. Um, and it'll probably be a little bit shorter of an episode since we won't have any history yeah, or background we won't have to or do too much. Yeah, so we'll jump right it'll into be more spoiler of the history town. of this production. Um, and then after that, we will be watching the first season of the world God only knows, which is twenty-five episodes. That's why I'm telling you this far ahead of time, and that can be found on Hulu and Crunchyroll. Uh, I think Hulu has the sub and dub. Oh wait, ooh. Wait, is it not available on Hulu? Uh-oh. Might Looks only like be Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Let's see. Let's load Hulu up. Let's see. Here, yeah, it's not It's not on Hulu anymore, so it is a Crunchyroll exclusive. So, yeah, World Only God Knows, available through Crunchyroll. We'll have to get some of these guys to, to sponsor us at some point. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, watch Erased and The World God Only Knows in preparation for the next two episodes. Um, and I'll... I'll probably do. Well, never mind. Never mind. Watch those two shows. Yep. Um, let's get wrapped up. Uh, yeah. Where can they send and stuff to us? Well, yeah. Once you've finished watching the Netflix Erased series and uh, the world God only knows, you can send your fun facts, your stories, your questions, and if we've screwed something up, send us corrections. We're not afraid to admit we were wrong. If we were wrong, and you have corrections for us. Send all of that to Podcast at gmail.com. And go ahead and send facts and stories, even if they're not uh, necessarily relevant to the episode that we're recording. Questions, I'm going to say, keep those relevant. But facts and stories. Don't be afraid to send in suggestions, too. If there's a thing we haven't covered that you think we should... Feel free to send it to us. Like, they, maybe you're into this really obscure uh, anime or manga or movie, and you want us to talk about it. Sure, send us suggestions. We're yeah. not afraid to take suggestions from the audience. Do it. I'd love to talk about Urusei Yatsura because I own I I had the the uh, OVAs and the films on VHS when I was in high school, and it is so fucking expensive. To try and run, to try and collect all of the, that media. It is so rare and obscure. And I just wish like Crunchyroll or Funimation or somebody would just buy the rights, put it online and be like, here, watch it. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out how to reasonably cover a longer, like over 20 episode series where that's something we just announce way ahead of time and then have like, we outline a schedule for us or something. And then we just say, hey, if you're watching along this with us, you should be around here by now. Actually, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. Like, 
catch up on homework like but during the reading list will be like hey if you're ready if you're if you're uh, watching this along with us then we are up to this then we'll comment on where we are in the uh in the in the process yeah uh yeah let's do that i'll think of a longer thing to do a few months out and we can do that um yeah some big long running series yeah but then uh if you want more of me as i said earlier you can find my older Chiafru podcast and me playing video games and stuff. I'm just right now revving the engines back up for the year. Uh, I'm working on a Dynasty Warriors video right now, and you can find all of that over at GameKiwi.net. Where can they find you, John? They can find me mainly on this site, GumbyCatNetworks.com. I do the Popcorn Junkie movie review podcast every week. And uh, I also do the weekly Dungeons and Dragons actual play. We're working on our, we're doing a fifth edition playthrough. Uh, it's all, I am the DM and it's all stories from my head. And it's just the players having fun along with me. Uh, that also features Jim Hansen, a fellow producer at Gumby Cat Networks, who does the random podcast generator as one of our players. And the other, Three are uh, just kind of either there's a mix of there's a couple of newbies and there's some veterans in there and it, it was it's been fun. And then, as I mentioned before, I do stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash popcorn junkie PWH. Like I said, it's uh, sat every Saturday. I'm thinking of moving up to noon Eastern Standard Time instead of 2 p.m. Uh, but it's two hours of one game, usually movie related or in some way or something that I've been interested in. Two hours of my Pokemon playthrough where I go through every main series entry into the Pokemon. So we're going through Red right now. Uh, I'm up to, I just beat Koga and I'm currently in Silphco in Pokemon Red. So I'm more than halfway through the game as we speak. But uh, I've also started a third segment where I play a Nuzlocke, uh, which is the Pokemon on hard mode. If you've watched Pro Jared or Peanut Butter Gamer, Griffin McElroy did one for Polygon not too long ago. Nuzlocke is basically the heartbreaking version of Pokemon where all you can only catch one per route, and if it faints, it dies. I've already killed three. So, good times. Join me on Saturdays. Uh, usually... Usually sometime a little afternoon. I'm going to see if noon works better for me. But I think that's about where I am right now. So big thanks to God of Shamisen for use of their song, Dragon String Attack, First Strike, off the album, Dragon String Attack. Check it and their other music out on Google Play, iTunes, or at music.godofshamisen.com. And big thanks to Daniel Johnson for making our logo. You can see more of his work at danieljohnson.design. And thanks once again to the Gumby Cat Network for having us, and be sure to catch their other great programming. Like I said, I'm on here. I mentioned Jim's pod. Random podcast generators should be prepping to go for 2018. And then, of course, uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, Once More with Feeling, Ultimate Showdown. Love, I love every show on our network. It, I just love this network so much. I'm, gl- I'm so glad to have been. Uh, uh, you know, one of the founding members of it and to see it. And I'm hoping to build it this year. So uh, we're going to, I'm going to talk with uh, Vanessa and see about adding some new, new folks, see if they're interested in joining us and expanding at some point this year. Oh, and, and lastly, please remember to subscribe to us and review us on both iTunes and Google play. And that'll do it for this week.
uh, be sure to check out Netflix Erase and World Godliness for next time. Till then, I'm Mike. And I'm John. Catch you later. Bye.